Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Tommy Lugauer. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one Giants step, step. One giant step. That's right. It's Sean Morash and Tommy Lugauer as we hit. Week three, not of the NFL season, but of this glorious new podcast you can find everywhere. Podcasts are downloadable, subscribable, everything that goes along with it. The Odyssey app, WFAN.com. Check it out. Of course, Spotify, iTunes, all those good nooks and crannies. Tommy, how are you? Sean, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. And I can already see as we are figuring out our way and navigating our way and trying to perfect this thing before a season begins. Uh up in the upper right-hand corner that nobody could see if you're listening to this. It says, First and Foxborough. So we're already promoting other podcasts on complete accident here uh, as part of the Odyssey original series. So we are off and running. Now, we are going to start with a little fun here. And if you've been listening for the first couple of weeks, you've heard plenty of fun, plenty of serious content. But news did come out about Zach Wilson perhaps having relations with his mom's friend, which, no, this is not some kind of porno movie. This is Zach Wilson living his best life. And boy, do the Giants have the complete opposite of that at quarterback right now. Another boring Daniel Jones organizing everybody down in North Carolina to throw. Like, it is just complete and polar opposites. But I promise you, like we did a week ago with Baker Mayfield, I'm going to tie this into the Giants right now. I don't know what to expect from Zach Wilson, Tommy. I don't. What history tells me is that the Jets always miss when drafting franchise quarterbacks. But there is a part of me after last year seeing Zach Wilson that thought, I kind of think he's better than I gave him credit for. I and I I saw some strides and everything. But when you see moments like this, and Makai Becton, by the way. on social media, giving <laughs> you that that's my quarterback. Certainly, this doesn't seem like something that's a distraction, but in a weird way, could the Jets now have a rallying point around like, wow, this guy's cool. We like this guy. This guy's a leader. And in some sort of demented way, could the Jets rally behind their quarterback where the Giants, we just keep hearing, hearing good stories about how, how Daniel Jones is organizing throwing events in North Carolina. Are the Giants too boring at quarterback would be my my question. 
Uh, they are. Uh, I mean, Daniel Jones is an absolute stiff. I mean, th- there's no other way to say it. I mean, good dude, but uh, boring. Uh, not a great interview. Uh, quiet guy, which, listen, we had all those years of Eli Manning. A part of me kind of likes that. A part of me wants the guy to go to bed at 10 o'clock, study, watch the film. But look, when you play quarterback and you're young and you're single and you're in New York, there's going to be temptations. And someone like me, I'm not going to throw stones at somebody like that because there are so many. Your friend's mom is your temptation. It's one thing for the Instagram model at Yankee Stadium. Well, there's there's Tuesday at 11 a.m. I mean, I'm sorry, the I, mom's friend, right? I'm, I don't want to get the, the proper details in the way here. Sure. I mean, listen, there's Instagram models, but there's, you know, bartenders, waitresses, but there's also your friend's hot mom. You got Tuesday at 3 p.m., you're bored and whatever. I mean, there's plenty of hours in the day, especially in the offseason when you're the quarterback of the Jets or the Giants. So uh, I think it's interesting because I felt like last year, you know, Mike White kind of came out of nowhere. He was this phenomenon. They were chanting his name. It seemed like the players really rallied around this guy. And it almost like, was it pro Mike White or was it sort of anti Zach Wilson? And it felt like, I think there was a game in Houston where he got his helmet knocked off and nobody picked it up or picked him up or something like that. It was, that was weird. That was almost like telling, but something like this and boys will be boys. I think the locker room will, oddly enough, rally around a guy like Zach Wilson now because it's not like, oh, this is just this Mormon that played at BYU and he's a little aloof and his mom and his his, his girlfriend, all that stuff. Now it's something where the guys like will almost like, you know, he's been down there hanging out with Braxton Berrios in Miami. And I, I think going into year two, uh, Zach Wilson has sort of inundated himself now to the locker room. Now, again, as far as Daniel Jones, I don't expect to see a story like this coming about him. Well, remember, uh, I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend our boy for a second. Remember there, and of course, it became more about Eli. Daniel Jones, after beating Washington, you know all the videos. Wow, look at this guy playing flip cup. Like it was, you don't see this from quarterbacks out there. Remember the whole flip cup thing in 2019 yeah. where they're out in Hoboken. So, I mean, he could let loose. He's just not getting involved with this kind of. Stuff. Kind well, of situation. Even Sam Bono, the mono stuff. Let me tell you, you don't right. get mono from studying at the library. So it, it's just we haven't seen a lot other than that from Daniel Jones as far as off the field stuff. And I and look, we are still in July podcasting uh, space right now when it comes to the NFL season. We have not embarked on training camp. So forgive me if I start reaching for the clouds for some takes here and tie-ins with current NFL stories. We have seen in the past in our lifetime. When the Giants enter a season without a lot of headlines, without a lot of front page gossip, without a lot of buzz, there have been moments where suddenly the Giants surprise you. I think in New York, in this town, specifically where we're recording this from, it's pretty evident the Jets have the headlines coming to the. Is that fair to say? I mean, there is expectations because it's Zach Wilson's second year. They had a nice offseason. This is the kind of season if you have a franchise quarterback you hope for in year two to take off. The Giants took a step back with Daniel Jones in their year two. But it feels like we are building here in this summer towards an NFL season in New York where people are excited about the Jets or at least at least tempedly interested in the Jets where there's zero interest outside of diehard Giant fans in the Giants this year. As you watch the Zach Wilson story unfold and watch everybody, including us on a Giants podcast, yap about Zach Wilson and yap about the Jets. Do you think the door is open for the, for a element of surprise this year for the Giants? Yeah. And, and I think that in a lot of ways, they probably prefer that as a, as an organization to fly under the radar, not to have the back page, certainly not to have page six and a lot of the negative stuff or, or off the field stuff that surrounded the jets, Wilson, uh, Becton's weight, uh, even CJ Huzama, you know, he's got all his stuff going on rumors, innuendo, whatever. Right. 
Um, I think as a Giants uh, team, and like I said, Mara, the organization, especially coming off of, like it or not, the Joe Judge era where it was more about the post-game press conferences, the stuff he said during the week, all that. I think they want to go in this year sort of flying under the radar. Let's go out there, lunch pail like we used to, quiet. The quarterback doesn't get in trouble. Maybe Barkley is happy. Galladay, Tony, some of the guys that caused a, a little bit of a misre- right. uh, you know, unrest last year. So I think that's where they want to be. And right now, that's where they are. Oh, they totally are. They are 1,000, 1,000% <laughs> 1, there. It, it just, it is interesting. I don't know. And maybe it's the giant fan in me, but number one, we've had a great distraction with baseball in this town. Great, you know, great distraction. Mets Braves this week, Yankees, Red Sox all over the place. Uh, you know, the Rangers give the hockey fans a little run, plenty of basketball offseason talk, but like it, we are starved for football. So I haven't, Outside of, of course, doing the podcast and being a Giant fan, I haven't been living, breathing, and dying like I usually do. What Giants blogs can I go to every day? What, you know, get myself going. I am almost going to get there. I don't know about you, but when I go and I sit, you know, poolside by the beach and I get my football magazine or break out my phone, that's when I start feeling football a little bit. And I got a little bit of an element starting this week, a little bit of a tickle, a little bit of dreams, a little bit of, well, if this goes right, if this goes right. And I have to constantly, as every year I get older, remind myself, if you're asking yourself a million ifs, they probably won't happen. Though, I do think the change of coach with this offense at least signifies to me that I think there's, I I don't think the Giants are going to go out there and score 14, 17. Geez, by the end of the year, we were dreaming for that many points a game. I think this, this is a team in an interesting year where, I don't know what the win-loss record is going to be, but I get the feel the Giants are going to act like an NFL franchise in terms of scoring points this year. Yeah, I mean, for me, Sean, it's usually about August when I start getting the bug. Uh, July is sort of that vacation month, uh, middle of summer. Um, August is where you start to think about fantasy football. Preseason games are coming, although, uh, and you'll learn no further than me this week. I'm dragging kids to go see Big Bird at Sesame Place. I mean, Uh, that's a a whole, that's a whole nother podcast, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, and, and preseason football, you'll learn this about me and Sean. Sean is the kind of guy that, you know, fourth quarter, three minutes left guys locked in to players that are never going to see the NFL field ever again. And Tommy has then moved on to something else. I mean that, and I, and I, and, and God bless you, Sean, that makes you, you, and that makes me, me, but that's how you are. I just don't. Somebody's got to know Victor Cruz before he catches balls versus the jets. That's a fair example, but for every Victor Cruz, there's a thousand Victor Cruz's that never made it. It just, it doesn't do it for me. Like that first game is, is nice because it's like, ah, you missed it. But by the, third game now, or used to be the fourth game. You're like, all right, let me get to the regular season. But yeah, I think the giant offense uh, certainly could be explosive. I mean, they have a, a bunch of speed at receiver. You'd expect more from Galladay this year. I mean, there's just no way he could be any worse. Barkley, who the heck knows? So yeah, I would imagine they'd be competent because bro, when you look around the league every year and the thing about the, like baseball, no, to tie it in, we don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh. People in Pittsburgh don't know what's going on, but the NFL, NFL, we are locked in on every game, every single game, every single team. We know what's going on. And you watch these teams and you're seeing these offenses and and quarterbacks that we've never heard of or backups that are putting up 30 points. And then you watch the Giants and you think like, is this a take from the 80s? Why is this offense so broken? Want to blame Garrett? Want to blame injuries? Want to blame whatever you want to blame? But I have no reason not to be optimistic going into this year that the Giants will look like, at least on offense, an NFL team. 
Now, this is never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. But it is July. It is one giant step. So let's play a little hypothetical game here for you, all right? The Seattle Seahawks, for some reason, are going to go into the season with Drew Locke and Geno Smith as their quarterback. We all know the ramifications now of this Baker Mayfield trade. There is a name going out there for quarterback that I actually think makes sense for a giant rival, and that name is Jimmy Garoppolo. This is just a off-the-cuff because, of course, we know it's not going to happen. We know they have Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. But I think it's more of a test to how you feel about Daniel Jones. What are the Giants in reverse or forward if they were to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo this year? Whew. Man, ah, Jim, Jimmy G is definitely one of those those polarizing guys. I right? I mean, like been to a Super Bowl, been to a championship game. Great quarterback, no elite, no, no. But I think with the team around him, he's proven that he could certainly win games. He's not going to cost you games, right? So right, which yeah. is why I thought he was perfect for the Cleveland Browns, and I actually I think he's perfect for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts guy, well, dude, but I'm just saying. And everything you've read about Hertz is he I was a proponent of Hertz coming out of college. He he's been a mess. And and everything I've read so far about him, he sounds like he's gone backwards. So yeah, I mean the Eagles bringing in AJ Brown. I mean, you would think you'd want to have a competent quarterback with him. So you're right, he would be a, a better fit there. Uh, and Cleveland definitely needed a little right. a team, a franchise like Cleveland, the last thing they need, as great as Watson is top five quarterback, the last thing they need is a guy with that much stuff surrounding him uh, off the field. <laughs> That's just not yeah. what the Browns need. Until the stuff surrounding him, I mean, it sounds crass to say, passes and he gets on sure. the field and he wins games and the Cleveland Browns have a quarterback, which, I mean, look, we've seen quarterbacks get in trouble for different reasons and, and surpass that. But the point is they probably won't have him this year, you would assume. So that's why Garoppolo makes a lot of sense. But the reason I bring up Garoppolo the Giants is we know it's not going to happen. We know they're in on Daniel Jones at least yep. for this year. And they got Tyrod Taylor this way. It's not Mike Glennon or Colt McCoy if and when Daniel Jones gets hurt. I'm just saying the Giants roster is constituted. Would Jimmy Garoppolo give you, you know, a little little buzz? Would it feel would it feel like if the Giants just said we don't like what we've seen from Daniel Jones offseason camps, all of this, boom, Jimmy Garoppolo's our quarterback. Do, does any expectation with the Giants change? Like is that is that what the negativity on Daniel Jones is? Is the team's negative surrounding about the quarterback specifically? Like would Garoppolo elevate that? Uh not too much. I, I think I don't think so. I, I, think I agree. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like one of those where it's like, I don't want to say pick your poison, but it's like, all right, we got, we don't have Jones, we have Garoppolo, it's right. And, and Garoppolo is a guy where if he came to New York City, I mean, good looking dude, I mean, the, the world would be his oyster. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that that's the kind of name that would get Giant fans excited and all of a sudden think, hey, we're going back to the promised land. Even though the guy has been to a Super Bowl, I still think he kind of has that stigma of being like, yeah, great defense, Samuel, good running game, that sort of thing. And again, if everything is great around him, sure. But uh, there's still so many question marks with the Giants that I don't think that that would get the fans all excited. Uh, I completely agree. Now, yeah, uh, I will tell you that this week, Sesame Place in play. Oh, boy. For me. All right. And we're going to get to this here because it had me <laughs> dreaming a little bit. All right. Okay. So for those. You're definitely going to have to clarify what that means. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to tie in. I'm going to tie in. So 
Sesame Place is one of these half water parks, half regular, designed for little kids. You know, a bunch of dads. You can see everybody's got that same look, right? The dad bod belly getting dragged around in your Sesame Street shirts. Then you're going in the water. There's a lot of yelling and screaming when the kids want the blue ice cream from Cookie Monster. There's, uh, you know, just the, the flopping on the parks. There's signs about, you know, please keep swim diapers on at all times. Uh, <laughs> I did find out from Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants, that mm-hmm. there's a code Snuffy. Uh, which means a little kid is pooped in a pool and they get everybody out. So instead of screaming, somebody pooped in the pool, just yell code Snuffy. I did confirm that with a lifeguard there at Sesame Place. Here's the here's my tie-in to this whole ordeal here. I'm walking around shirtless at some point. Giants tattoo, as I do have on me. Oh a couple of Eagle fans come up to me yeah. telling me the Giants aren't going to be good for a decade. I was a little bothered by it, a little bothered by it. I think they're wrong, and I think they're idiots, and I think Philly fans are jerks, even in a kid's theme park. But then you get the big parade at Sesame Place. Here they come, all the characters. They're hugging kids, music's playing. We got twirlers and everything. And I realized as we stayed for two parades, a three and a set, how incredibly, incredibly depressing it is that I've now been to two Big Bird character related parades since the last giant parade (laughs) and it had me thinking how many more whether it's disney world as a father of two how many more of these parades of characters am i going to go to before i see a forget the giants for a second a new york team's parade is that happening in baseball this year i don't know but the giants parade in 2011 is the last one the last one i got elmo weaving on floats now that's that's where the ticker tape comes from yeah, I mean, look, I, I I think the Yankees are certainly always uh, a candidate to win the World Series, and they're, they're rocking and rolling this year. And uh, we'll certainly get into this more as we get closer, if there's a, even a sniff of a, of a Subway Series and just how that will uh, ruin my life as a Met fan. But, um, yeah, dude, I mean, listen, anytime you're down there in, in, in PA and then you're in Eagle country, and, listen, they're, they're not going to take it easy on you, even if you're sitting there with Bert and Ernie. You know what I mean? So that that's it's not Bert and Ernie. It's Bert and Ernie. I said get Bert them and Ernie. right. Okay. Get, it sounded get like Bert and Ernie. Uh, Bert and Ernie. They're puppets, first of all. So second, they're not your cousins. So, but I did say Bert and Ernie. I they're grew TV up, I, stars. They're TV stars. That's one of the popular shows of all time. I suppose that it is one of the most popular, but I do you associate if you want to do the power ranking of Sesame Street, I would assume Big Bird would be number one on the power ranking. Is that fair? Well, see, there's a big debate inside the walls of, of Sesame Street <laughs> because <laughs> Big Bird in many ways is like Eli Manning, right? Like he was drafted all the time ago. You built the foundation around him, but did you hang on too long? And Elmo in many ways is Odell Beckham Jr. Sure. I mean, just a flashy star. The kids Popular. love him. Yep. Sells a lot of merchandise. Can rub yeah. people a little wrong with the <laughs> But in the end, you realize for all the Elmo jerseys that get worn around that place, it still comes back to your champion, and that's Big Bird. So I, I think Big Bird in many ways has been disrespected. Big Bird and Eli Manning to the Giants and to Sesame Street are the same. Elmo, I think Elmo and Odell Beckham Jr. are the same. It doesn't mean you have to hate Odell Beckham Jr., but at some point it's just, all right, we get it. You know what I mean? And do we have an Oscar the Grouch uh, comp now that we could just tie in all Sesame Street characters to either current it's, or former Giants? It's probably Tom Coughlin. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Probably that, 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 Tom Coughlin. That's a good one. You respect them, but it's like, all right, we get it. You're angry. It's <laughs> the way I would look at it. As you can see, I've thought a lot about this. I've thought a lot. 
Uh, Snuffleupagus has a lot of Sean O'Hara in him. Just okay. always there, anchoring the middle, and then you miss him when he's not there for a while. You miss him. So as you can see, the Giants really need to elevate their roster because there's not a lot of current guys out there you could relate to Sesame Street Yeah, they need to right count now. real bad in the secondary. <laughs> well, the count might be Paul Dettino. I was thinking the same thing, and I laid it up for you there. I, I literally yeah. laid I, it I up threw it home. for you. Yep. I threw it home. Okay, so now on top of that, big sports stories this week. That, again, takes me back to football. Number one, the Yankees and Mets each have, what, four, five, six All-Stars? The Mets have four. The Yankees have, what, six All-Stars? Six for the Yankees, four for the Mets. Of course. All right, and then we're going to have the Home Run Derby coming up. That's a whole big thing next week, the Midsummer Classic. Yeah, Alonzo's in it. Stanton might be. All right, so from a New York perspective, I think we're always into the Major League Baseball All-Star game. The Home Run Derby is kind of cool. Alonzo's won it recently. Did Judge win it? I forget. I think Judge won it. Yeah, he won it when they were in uh, Miami. As you can see, by the way, these things mean way more to Met fans and Yankee fans that we, you know, there. <laughs> we keep the receipts. Yeah, the Met fan, the Met fans celebrated. That's actually I should have took that back. That's actually the last parade that happened in New York. It was not the Giants in eleven. It was the Pete Alonso home run derby parade. Uh, as he hung out with Jastrzemski's sister uh, afterwards, just having <laughs> Two-time a having place. He doesn't let you forget that. <laughs> so we don't care about the Pro Bowl. We care about the All Star game around here, but. I add this off-the-wall July idea. I think the home run derby's lost a little bit of its luster. But basketball, we love the slam dunk contest, the three-point contest. I actually think the three-point contest is cooler now. And obviously, the NHL is their whole thing. Doesn't it amaze you that we've lived our whole lives and the number one sport, the NFL, we can't figure out, like, a comp to do, like, like a skills comp. Like, they've tried a million of those things. Here's a quarterback throwing balls into a net. Now we're playing dodgeball. We're doing tug-of-war. Somehow, some way, this great sport we love doesn't have a simple, basic thing to tantalize us before the Pro Bowl the way these other sports do. I, I think with it, with football, when it comes down to it, it, it's if it's not football, if it's not the games, if it's not a Sunday, if it's not the playoffs, not college, we don't want to see it. I think that I think that has a lot to do with it. I think I think baseball lends itself more to an All Star game, to a home run derby. The uh, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but the skills competition is always great. The dunk contest has lost its luster. This year was an embarrassment, but the three-point contest is always great. It's hard in the NFL because, like, what you love about the NFL is watching guys hit each other. And if you don't, right. if you want to see the skills competition, you watch the combine. So, I mean, like, that's really like oh, that's the skills competition. That's interesting. That's you know interesting. I, mean? I, didn't, I didn't think of it that way. Is the combine right. really the NFL skills competition because it's all future guys and they're doing that? That are trying. And, and I think a lot of ways you're going to be like, I mean, could they somehow find a way to get you interested in the Pro Bowl? I just think at that point, and we've seen it with these other leagues, there comes a point where it is too much football, where we are good. And I, and I know, Sean, that you are more into the, these other leagues that have spawned and, and you're into a DA show. You guys talk about it and stuff. But for me, once I reach that Pro Bowl, certainly after the Super Bowl, I'm good. I'm good for I'm good for a little while. So at that point, I'm thinking more about the game and uh, when we get to the draft, all that stuff. But, yeah, I, I look at the combine as a skills position. It, it's tough, dude. The Pro Bowl is by far the weakest of the four. Oh, it's brutal. Um, All-star games. And, and they probably will do away with it. They probably will do away with it. They should. Just give them an honor. Let them go to Hawaii for uh, just pay for their hotel, their trip, their whatever. And then well, that's, that's it. Just the other the thing, dude. When guys want to stop going to Hawaii, like that stops being like a treat for them. And you have to move the game to, yeah, well, Vegas last year, I guess, got people to go, it's but Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. 
What? You know, we were just talking about Sesame. Could you imagine telling a grown man football player, like, here's your big treat. You have to go to Orlando, Florida. You're not near the beach. You're in the middle of Florida. And you're just surrounded by Disney and, like, all the stuff you don't want to be surrounded by when you finally get done with the season. I you're flying into Orlando airport and everybody's in their Mickey Mouse ears. I mean, you're oh, thinking, get me out of here. They're yearning for right? Honolulu. <laughs> And then you get the Pro Bowl invite and you have kids. Could you imagine, Daddy, we're going to Orlando? Oh, can, I'd rather go play in, in uh, Arrowhead in nine-degree weather than be elected to the Pro Bowl in Orlando. So I think you'd rather bad be on, a bad idea. on Mars. And like you said, if you have kids and you're and you're in the Pro Bowl in Orlando, that's Epcot, that's uh, Disney, that's the, you're doing the four- or five-day package there, the hotel day, the pool, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's the worst place to go to if you're a football player with kids uh, for Pro Bowl weekend. And when you win the Super Bowl, it's the famous, you know, we're going to Disney World, right? And you get the parade and you come out. And, that, you know, I guess that's kind of cool. It's, you know, but the Boomer tells the famous story, you, you know, <laughs> about him basically being ready to do the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to Disney World. With that, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how brutal that must have been for him. That's, I can't, that's a tough spot. That's a tough spot. All right. So when you're going, my go, I'm going to Disney World. And obviously, you know, whatever you go through all of this, and now I completely lost what I was going to say. Well, I was just going to, and, and I didn't want to correct you, but just to be fair, it's Disneyland. They're going to Disneyland. Oh, they don't they go be, to California. Yeah, we don't want the Disney nuts to get. It's wait I'm a minute, time out. When go they Disneyland. win the Super Bowl, they go to California. They it don't might, go to. It, yeah, it might be World Now, but I. It was always I'm going to Disneyland. It was always Disneyland. If that's changed recently, I don't think it has. But I, they they go. So to every Cali. year when they've done that, they were out in the one in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah the original one. All right, yeah. so I I bring this up. I know what I was going to say now. What are your thoughts when talking about summer vacations and everything about the adults that do the Disney trip without kids when there's a million <laughs> places to go? You mean just sent around? Okay. So for me personally, I was just in California recently and we went. Oh, to I Disney forgot Land. you just went. I didn't even, uh, you were not even who I was targeting. Right. Right. And, but well, because I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why is because we didn't go to California just to go to Disneyland. We were out there. My mother-in-law's uh, 70th birthday. I'm sure she doesn't like me saying her age on the podcast, but it was a milestone birthday. We went out there. They live out in LA and we did Disney for one day. So it really wasn't like centering around the trip, but people that do that, uh, you know, it's weird. I, I, at first, like back in my single days would think that would be ridiculous. But if you're in like a relationship and you don't have kids, I actually think it's better than going with kids. Cause to me, like taking the kids down there, it's gotta be a nightmare. First of all, there are people but, I know but, that drive hold on, hold on. down there. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Cause you're, we can speak on this. You have kids. I don't. I'm just going to tell you, you're making two completely different arguments. Anywhere on a trip is better than taking kids on a trip. A kid, you need a vacation after a vacation. So th th again, this kids. is... Uh, so, so like if you're telling yeah, me... But again, you when you have kids, you can't put, bring them back. You have them. There's no like no, drop-off no. center. They, they're again, not a separate argument. My, when you're the, point, for a weekend. The, the point you're making about why well, I actually think going to Disney is better when you're in a good relationship before you have kids. Of sure. course it is because you're not lugging 14 car seats down on airplanes and then buying 17 Mickey pretzels. Although I'd probably be doing that anyway. Sure. But, but if you were in a good you know relationship before kids and you want to get all your travels in before you have kids, I know I've done you know, St. Thomas, St. John, Bermuda, Bahamas, Hawaii. I did all of these things. So I, I don't really have regrets in that way. Me and my wife never went, hey, let's go spend five days in Disney together. I see so many people doing this with their summer vacations. It's like, 
I know it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, but could we get you to Aruba? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that Disney, this is going to be an odd comp, but I, as a wrestling fan, I when you go to Disney, there are people that go to Disney. They have kids. It's the happiest place on earth. It's a vacation. Certainly the families, it's either that or they're going to like, you know, Dutch Wonderland or something. That, you know, there's Sesame Place. Yeah. There's not a ton of options, especially with young kids. But I yep. think there are those Disney people. You know, you know what I mean? People that love what Disney. What talking about? That Isn't dress it? up. And if you're in a – if you, if I, Is it what fair I'm to say it, those people are a little strange? Oh, no doubt. Like, listen, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Aruba. I'm going to Paris. I'm going to Ibiza. I'm trying to figure out. But, like, if both of you are super into Disney and you both love it to a degree where it's like you're watching all the movies and you're dressing up and you're doing all this stuff, I think for those couples, it's fun. It's what they really, really want to do, and it's worth it. But, dude, just to tie it back around, I'm sorry. If you are driving, even flying, down to Florida in the summer, where it's 90,000 degrees, it rains every 45 minutes. You're bringing kids that, if they're super young, they're not even going to remember the trip. You're spending a fortune, okay? If at any minute they want to have a meltdown, you know, online for uh, Big Thunder Mountain, and you have to go home and take a nap and, and totally interrupts your day, I just don't see how that's a vacation. Yeah, they're going to be happy. I don't have kids. Maybe you get joy out of them having joy. But like I you do. Spend, how that, you need like a month off just from that trip, you're lugging around, you're pushing around the stroller. I, when we were at Disneyland, there were kids like draped over their parents online. That seems like a vacation. Just give them a margarita. They think they're on the beach. I mean, it's no. brutal to look and at I think them. If, I think oh. if you bring kids, you need to bring an army. I think grandma and grandpa <laughs> need to come. Oh, of course. I'm sure they'll love to do that. Because <laughs> you just need – it's almost like hockey, right? You need to jump over the boards and take a shift with the kids. Okay, I'm going to go here. We'll sit back. We'll, you know, We'll have the, uh, you know, the frozen Harry <laughs> Potter drink here. Uh, oh, it is just summer vacations are amazing, which is how I'm going to tease our next episode of One Giant Step. You discussed at one point one of the episodes about me potentially going to Nashville, which actually might be back in play solo for me right oh. now. We talk about summer vacations. We did a lot of that here. I want to talk about fall. Okay. You have not done a Giants road trip. I've done multiple Giant road trips. I want to go through the schedule on our next episode, and I want to rank. This is list season. I want to rank where you think the best giant road trips for the 2022 season, if you were taking a trip with your pals, would rank. Where we'd want to go, where we wouldn't want to go, let's put them in order. The eight road games the Giants are playing this year. That'll be our tease for our next episode of One Giant Step. It's July programming in the NFL, and you got to have it. All right, Lugauer, at Tommy Lugauer. At me, at Mraz CBS. Thank you for taking one giant step with us.